0: Kiss Army, welcome to the Kiss FAQ podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. I don't think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 164, of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host Julian Gill, and hey stranger, it's. Uh, been a while since I saw you in San Francisco. Welcome back, Nosferatu. It's, uh, 1974. It's Gene Simmons. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's it's Gene the doll. That actually it. looks pretty good. <laughs> now now have you touched all the parts of the doll to see if the textures really do match up with uh, uh, what Keith said? Yes, I've said?
1: touched every. Yeah, every part of the doll I've touched. Nearly uh, every. Don't quote, don't quote me on that. You can't say that anymore, Gene. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it feels like fabric it feels like uh, let me turn my camera here so you can see a little better looks pretty good it looks really real from this perspective and uh yes the eyes are painted uh underneath the sunglasses i checked so if the sunglasses ever fall off uh you got jeans real eyes in there and uh so yeah real real leather looking uh coat jacket and the boots are there and they have their little uh, metal studded thing on there, uh really well like uh, unlike uh, Mark Cicchini. I didn't keep mine in the package, but I opened it about five minutes ago so I could show everybody and wow, that looks almost real when you put it in front of a webcam like that, so you got Jean Good job, Misko.
0: You got Gene Simmons in the palm of your hand, and uh, like like Mark, I've left mine in the packaging. It has not even been the packaging hasn't even been out of the vault because I don't want any fingerprints. No, actually, I just don't really care about that part of the vault or the medallion, uh, which has stayed in. It just it, complete irrelevancies to me. Now, what's the point of this episode? This is you went to the Miami vault experience, did you not?
1: I did. It was uh, exactly a week ago uh from tomorrow and it was well worth it. Everything was uh fantastic, better than I could have ever imagined and I'm really happy I did it and I have no regrets as Ace Frehley would say who was also there.
0: Now I'm I'm curious um what made you decide to you know go all in with the vault. Uh, are you that much of a Gene fan that it was just something that you could not pass up was it the music? I mean uh you know, it's
1: like a kiss song. You know, charisma. What was it? Uh, it was everything. I mean, I was on the fence about it for a while, and uh, I was all I was yes, and then I was no, and then I went back and forth, and I finally realized, you know, I am in it for the music. At the end of the day, I'm a I'm a Gene fan for the music. I love his 78 solo album. I love the asshole record, um, because Gene's not afraid to be weird. He's not like Paul, who, you know, not an insult to Paul, but Paul, everything Paul writes is trying to be a hit. You know, he's trying to uh, do that thing where he wants a radio hit, and Gene just doesn't care. Gene will write whatever, he'll record whatever, any style, any uh, type of music, and uh, that's why he's my favorite member of KISS, not necessarily because, you know, he's the most marketable member, but it just so happened... That he's the most Beatlesque of all the Kiss members. And, uh, on all these songs, it really shows you that. It shows you his uh, passion for, for that kind of music and where he came from. And there's some really just off the wall stuff. And, uh, before we got recording, I was trying to sample some of the music because I haven't got a chance to listen to all the discs yet. So I was going through, uh, discs five, six, and seven. And there's just some amazing, weird stuff on there, stuff you never expect to come from a member of KISS. Um, but I'm glad that it did because it makes me more of a Gene fan. At the end of the day, it makes me more of a fan to hear all this weird stuff and add this to my KISS uh, demo uh, repertoire.
0: Yeah, one one of the things with Gene is that he's not only the most Beatlesque of the writers, singers as well. His voice uh tends very well towards that kind of material, as is you know very evident mm-hmm. with something as obvious as See You Tonight. Uh, but he's also you know eclectic, that you just never know what he might throw out on this vault. Um, what did you think of Disco sticky Gene? Sticky goo. Yeah, well, Sticky goo <laughs> yeah. is just like yeah. a dorky. You know, Ace Frehley had a thing uh you know from '88 or '87 funk rock. Kind of similar to sticky goo, but uh, come on, sticky goo. Only you're not going to hear that from Paul.
1: No, no. Uh, in fact, before uh, we recorded this episode, you wanted me to go through and kind of pick out some some tunes that uh, stood out to me. And as far as uh, as that goes, I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet, but I've sampled some of the tracks. And uh, "Are You Real" is John Lennon. Yep. Essentially, it's a it's a Lennon inspired song. Uh, Pride which I thought was really cool. I went back and listened to that two or three times. Uh I want to rule the world, which of course I heard on the when the Psycho Circus demos leaked out, but it's still a great song. And uh believe it or not that Minasan Minasan Hakshu Hakshu. That is so damn catchy. Was awesome. it's,
0: it's sickening how catchy it is. I mean, you, you see the title and you think Samurai Sun Part Two, or maybe you know, mm-hmm. as a song that maybe uh, you know came before that. But in terms of uh, paying homage to Japan, I mean, it, it's just sickeningly catchy, and you, you just can't stop to start bopping your head and uh, you know, almost singing along to it. Uh, you know, I hate myself for liking that song. You know, so the you know. No, that's a, that's well, a good pick.
1: at the end of the day, though, it's um, it's a rewrite of that forever, F O U R yep. forever. It's got a bunch of those lyrics in it, so it's kind of a, a mixture of of new and old. Uh, did I haven't checked the book out yet? Did he? Did they write that before Samurai Son, or was it? after or do we know uh, we, i got my book next to me i yeah, can check we, it out
0: we do not know because i have you know what i have read of the book doesn't go into the sort of detail that i like you know and, and and if i'm gonna level one criticism having had the vault now for three weeks i i'm gonna say this i have been listening to it non-stop well until yesterday when i got the new white wizard album um <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's just been on, eternal playlist in my car at work um at home and it's you know 166 songs i thought okay no problem i've heard a lot of these so i thought Mm -hmm. from the titles you know i have a lot of them um but the quality improvements on many of them there are some you know I, I i'm still disappointed with it's going to be all right the the original one of those really isn't that much better than i already had so it obviously wasn't recorded mul- on a multi-track in a proper studio and it's uh you know a lower five recording so that's just life but it's just really tough to kind of digest all these i can't talk about the material on this this vault easily yet you know I the the song titles no it's, me either it, it's, it's all like a cloud in space of Gene Simmons vault it's astronomically big humongous humongous um, so so it, it's kind of brutal well it's it, like you know
1: back in the day when you'd get a a new Kiss album uh, or even you know a new bootleg recording would leak you'd have what ten songs to listen to over and over and over again and get familiar with them and this is just like you said just a spaceship landed and all this stuff poured out and now it's you feel like indiana jones and you're trying to figure out dust things off and figure out what's this and where did it come from i actually one of the things i would like to do you might have already done this uh julian is to uh download the songs uh under your computer and re. Re, uh, them, not retitle them, but put them in the order of chronological. Cause I get, I get why he set the discs up the way they are, cause it actually flows really well. Yeah. But I'd like to hear the evolution from 66 all the way up to 2016. Um, so when I have an extra hour or two, maybe I can try to set that up.
0: I think you're going to need more than two hours. One of the problems with the book is, again, it lacks the specific details about the years these demos were recorded. Um, and I, I can't remember if I did say that one of my biggest gripes about it, it didn't have the source material either. This demo came off a cassette. Mm-hmm. This came off a reel. This Lita obviously came off an acetate. My the acetate I owned, because you mm-hmm. can hear the snap. you would know, yeah, yeah. You've got the snap, crackle, and pops in identical spots to the transfer I did of that particular song and a couple of others on there as well. I I've I've had the source material, so...
1: Was that uh, the same sourced from the box set, or did they do a new transfer of it? That was a different transfer, and, and again, without the details, okay. I don't know
0: if they just basically went out and got that copy of the transfer I did and you know put it through the, uh, the Capitol Records uh, system to make it sound right. It's not the same transfer as the box set. The box set is crystal clear, which and we know for a fact that Gene had a publishing reel that he distributed in 1970 that had Put On Your Slippers, uh, Little Lady, you know about ten songs, um, okay, including Lita. So there was a real source, which I presume is the source on the 2001 box set, and then there was the there were two acetates. One was the B side of the Stanley the Parrot 10 inch Richcraft acetate, and the other one was a Sanders recording 7 inch. Um, which order all of these go through. I don't think Gene, you know, as much as he saved stuff, I don't think he kept the notes on that sort of stuff. You mm. know, I, I would have loved to have seen some stuff in the book, like the bill for, you know, the Richcraft acetate, you know, a, a scan of that. Um, but I think Ken Sharp did a fantastic job with the book itself. And again, like, Oh the, yeah. Like the music, the, the book is taking a lot of digesting and, you know, I, I almost wish that they would do a version of that for people to read just so that, Again, as a promotional thing, they don't lose the music by making that available digitally. And they might actually generate some additional sales when people start reading the stories behind all of these. You know, as I'm typing up all my song stories about these and correcting stuff, I mean, one of the things that that really bugged me was Trial by Fire is not Trial by Fire. It's actually, you know, Live Fast, Die Young was what they, Mm -hmm. Gene always referred to it in interviews in 85, that that was the name of the demo. That became trial by fire, but then they used the the later Asylum song title. So you know that's just me being completely
1: <laughs> nerd, yeah. you well, know. Um regarding Stanley the Parrot, why is that not on here? Um, maybe they didn't like my
0: transfer, maybe, you know, uh, <laughs> I, you, know you know, that's, uh, you know, that's completely arrogant and egotistical to think that it was mine that they used. But, um, you know what, when I did the transfer of that, when I got the astate, that one was in particularly bad condition. It had been played more than it should um acetates are not made to be played more than a couple of times they uh, degrade very rapidly so Mm -hmm. what is out there is pretty much as good as that gets now maybe they don't have a real source on that um maybe there were legal issues with the publishing or with maybe a performer on it they weren't able to get clearance who knows um impossible to know. I think it should have been on there, but you know what? I think if it's not on Gene's vault, it should definitely be on a Kiss vault, uh, because of its importance to Strutter, obviously. Strutter. And, and, you know, maybe they kept some stuff back saying, you know, you know, Paul, I'm sure had a, was given the opportunity to look at some of this stuff, especially as it relates to Kiss and maybe not have a, uh, a vote but he might have said to to gene hey gene you know let's keep that one in the can for the future for a kiss product let's see how your vault does if uh the, the fans come to it and and you know do buy it and it's a success then we can look at a similar model for a kiss one but let's make sure that we've got that sort of material in the can to use then uh and maybe we can get even yeah, more how, money how much for is it. that one going to be <laughs> Five, five thousand. That one will have to come with a coffin for many of the husbands <laughs> or partners that buy it so that their significant others have somewhere to dispose of them after they find out how much it does cost.
1: That actually brings up a good question, Julian, and I've been kind of sitting back and wondering myself, uh, Paul has been real quiet about this whole thing. Uh, what's What do you think his take on this whole vault tour uh is at this point. Do you think he's sitting back and thinking maybe I can do something like this too or he's sitting back and he's laughing at Gene or he's watching Ace show up, maybe Peter show up, maybe Vinny show up and he's thinking, hmm, maybe this wasn't such a kooky idea after all because it seemed like at the beginning Paul was kind of making fun of the whole idea which... He does with Gene, you know. It, it, it's 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 good mo- nature. He, mo- he
0: mocks him mercilessly as brothers can get away with doing or long term. Oh yeah, you know, business partners, whatever their relationship is these days.
1: But I wonder if he thought uh, this was going to do some. This wasn't going to sell well, or this wasn't going to be a success, and or maybe he's sitting back and thinking, oh, it's actually not quite as uh as bad as th- bad as I thought it would be. So he's just been quiet. So I'm not really sure what to think I about know. Paul at this point, but.
0: I always take the kind of viewpoint that if you don't have anything to say don't say anything and and Paul has mocked Gene for his ideas um, you know previously and some of his failures and but Gene My
1: mother that... is beautiful. Martha. Why was
0: why, why wasn't that on? <laughs> my mother's the most beautiful woman in the world turtle soup was not on there uh you know uh, you're distracting me you're like a shiny little object. sorry sorry um but back to paul um he he may just be being tactical or uh taciturn or you mm-hmm. know and and not wanting to say anything because number 1 he maybe doesn't want to be associated with it maybe he doesn't want to say something negative as Gene's you know working very hard with the product um maybe he is just sitting back to see if it flies or sinks um it, it, You know what? He's also busy. He's been busy with Soul Station. He's just done a tour of Japan where he's Mm -hmm. put in quite a few shows, which I believe have been filmed for DVD. He's got art shows coming up in your neck of the woods, I believe, for Wentworth again. So he's been very busy with that. He's off the road. He's with his family. He's been sharing instagrams of cooking so i I think paul stanley doesn't need to say anything he's he's enough of a competent and confident star that he can sit back and say "Eh, let gene have the spotlight We'll do our rock and bruise things together as those come up, yeah. uh, but I don't need to say anything. Uh, I don't know if anyone's asked him anything in interviews, because I, I, I just don't pay that close attention to any of these guys in the press these days to, to either know or care what any of them are thinking about each other. So, you know, maybe he's just watching, you know, I, I'm sure he's interested well, in the business model without a doubt, because it affects him um, as well
1: in terms of what's left in the kiss vault. I know that uh, Keith Uh, Valcourt said that at at the end of the day, when all these vault events are said and done, every living member of KISS would have either been invited or will be there. So do you think Paul will show up at a vault event? I mean, we already had the LA one.
0: Right, but they've just announced Seattle and Denver, so they're still announcing Mm. new vault events. What Paul might be doing... In his personal life, that gets him as a special guest somewhere. You know what they did say is that they are inviting special guests. I wish they'd kind of back off that a little bit because that sets a. You know, L. A. was an outlier. It was the first one. Um, I I did want to ask you one question. And I never
1: expected Ace. I never expected Ace in a million years to come to Miami. When I saw the L. A. one, I thought, okay, well, they all live out there, so that's what it is. Um, and then when they added Ace to mine, I was just awestruck I couldn't believe it I could not believe it and I'm so happy that I bought the thing when I did because I would have been pissed if I had missed out on that especially so you never know what you're going to get with these with these things or who's going to decide to show up where or you know wherever in the country so you go know, ahead i, yeah, cut you off. Yeah, it, <laughs> I it, got excited
0: it, it goes back to gene's love of, of americana and the Cracker Jack box i mean as keith you know so eloquently put on one of the podcasts you know that you open it up you get a chalk key you know of the uh some free item out of uh gene's collection but you're also taking that to another level with uh people possibly showing up at these events uh when did you buy your vault had you bought it before la had happened or was la the kick in the pants
1: I got a phone call from Gene, so I think that would mean I bought it Before. around the time of Thanksgiving or a little after.
0: Yep. Yeah. Between Thanksgiving I know he extended and the twenty first. He
1: extended the deal, and I think I bought it when he extended the deal. So how how was your call with Gene? Tell, tell us about that. Uh, okay. Well, oh, that's actually a funny story. So, I get a lot of garbage phone calls um, from random numbers. I don't answer, and uh, so I contacted. Keith and I'm like, hey, so how am I going to know when Gene's calling me? Because I get a lot of crank calls and uh, I am not, I don't answer those so I don't want to, you know, not answer his phone call. He goes, well, it's going to either be from a restricted number or it's going to be from Vancouver. It's going to say it's from Vancouver. And I said, okay, so what day, you know, is this planning on happening? And he gave me he, he said, uh, he gave me a specific day. So the day before the day he tells me I'm supposed to get the phone call, I'm getting ready for work and I'm getting ready to head out. And uh, the phone rings. I take it out. Vancouver calling. <laughs> I went. Uh, I'm not ready for this because my my original intent was to record the phone call, and I'm actually happy that I didn't because, you know, I'll remember it more fondly without it being archived. But so I just go hello. And here I'll I'll get the figure out and it just goes. Hi Nigel. It's Gene Simmons calling. <laughs> and I went to Hi Gene Simmons. <laughs> this is Nigel. And uh it went really well. We talked for about ten minutes. Um I just graduated from college last last uh a summer, so we talked about that. Uh he was very happy with me because I graduated debt free. Uh I asked him how his mom was doing. He said uh she's ninety ninety two and driving everyone crazy. So we had a, a, a real good conversation. And, uh, so I can't remember all of it. Uh, but I just remember it was very fond and it lasted about 10 minutes before he said, someone's giving me the, you know, cut it, uh, signal. And it might have been Keith or it could have been Shannon for all I know, but, uh, it was real nice conversation. And, you know, it just feels like you're talking to somebody you've known your whole life. It doesn't, it didn't feel like I was talking to anybody that I didn't know or, or, or was uncomfortable with or had never talked to before. I've met Gene a couple times here and there and, and the, uh, uh, the conversations were brief, but on the phone, it was just like talking to somebody that I knew. So I really wasn't nervous. There were a couple of things I, I would have liked to ask that I kind of forgot about, but because he called me a day early, I didn't get a chance to actually write it all down, but I was very happy with, with. How it went, so.
0: That's almost better in some sense, that you didn't have a chance to kind of get all prepared or do any notes or, like you said, record. I agree. It because it's it's all up here now, and it's special, and it's something that you can't really share with anyone other than how you've just described it because it's your moment. So that that that's a nice way to put it. And it, and it sounds like he put a lot of effort into those calls. He had a lot – I think he had a, quite a good response to that sales, judging by the number of calls that he was doing and also having to push some people back because he he ran out of time. I mean, I've heard of all sorts of, you know, from five minutes to 15 minutes, um... For for the conversations and you know I, I don't think I've heard anything negative about any of these calls that everyone thoroughly enjoyed the call they received from Gene you know and and good for them putting on a you know uh, here's an added bonus for buying it in this period uh, there are those of us who got out there and bought it immediately there are some others who maybe needed a little bit of motivation after hearing I think Hand of Fate had uh, streamed in late November so you mm-hmm. had a, a quiet build up to promotion. And then you get to December that, that, I think the sale ended on the 21st. And then into January, you, you, you're straight into they don't need any more advertising or because you've got all these vault shows and podcasts happening now, um, from everyone who's doing the experiences. And of course, uh, Mark Giacchini's interview with Gene at the Detroit vault. So, you know, now, you know, they're, they're off the ground and running. Um, Miami, where was the vault actually held, the experience?
1: It was at a place called Walt Grace Vintage Guitars and Cars. And uh, they had all these vintage cars and they had this line uh, lineup of guitars, vintage guitars and things on the wall. You couldn't have picked a more perfect place uh, for a thing like this. And great lighting for pictures, great natural lighting. Um, Relatively small for the event, but when you only have, what, 70-something people, I guess you didn't need a, you know, a huge place. I was very happy with the with the venue, and uh, when I talked to Keith, he goes, we just, uh, you know, a couple weeks prior to this, he goes, we just found out where Miami's going to be, and he told me, he goes, this is an awesome place, it's really unique. Um, so he sounded really excited about having it at this event. And I would say outside of having it at Capitol, Capitol Records, which, you know, you can't beat that, I would say this would be for Florida. This would be about the next best thing. So I was very happy. Uh,
0: how many people attended yours, and what you know? What, what time did the event start? You know, kind of just walk us through when you showed up and you know where you ended up in line because that's your order of your your vault presentation,
1: basically where you end up in line, I believe. Uh, well, we got there a little. I took my dad with me. Uh, he was my guest, so we got there a little late because of traffic issues and, and all that good stuff that happens in Miami. Um, I think we were number 23 and I think I talked to somebody who was 28, 29. So I know it was at least 29 people. I don't know. It could have been more. Uh, but that's the, you know, the largest number I saw of somebody that was waiting. I didn't get to talk to everybody, but 29, 30, I think, was about the number that they hit. I don't think they hit fifty, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than thirty right uh, so so you go into um, the guitar shop basically
0: and it's all set up were there waiters with uh, you know hors d'oeuvres and tables and all that sort of thing set up that we had in l a
1: yeah sort of they were walking around with little hamburgers and uh, little little uh gelatinous items uh, some of the things I didn't know ex- exactly know what they were. And I was very careful about what I was eating because I knew I was getting a picture with Gene and I knew I was going to go meet him and stuff. So I didn't want to gorge myself and be and be sick or or uh, have stuff in my teeth. In fact, the story we'll get to later when I go when I went inside with with Gene, you know, for the vault for our vault moment or whatever. Gene brought us over. This is actually in the video that that I got too that Keith filmed for me. Gene offered me some uh, Argentinian cakes that somebody had brought him. Uh, a, a couple people before us and I was like, Oh great. Awesome. And I'm like, hold on. I'm about to get my picture and all these professional photos. I'm not going to have cake and stuff in my mouth. I said, "Gene, I'll just wait till we're done. And then I'll have the cakes later. Cause I don't, I don't want to have to be photoshopping uh chocolate schmutz out of my teeth later in the professional pictures. Uh, but yeah, they had little things going around. They had little hamburgers and little chicken things. And, uh, they had an open bar and, uh, so it, it was it was a great event. And honestly, I mean we got there around ten forty five ish, and I think they opened the doors at eleven, or maybe they opened the doors a little early. And honestly, Gene came right out. As soon as everybody sat down, um, Gene came out with his acoustic guitar and he did his uh, uh Q and A. And it's kind of, it was kind of funny because there's so little people in the room. And Gene's kind of doing it. I think the vibe I got was Gene was waiting for the audience to, to say something and throw things out at him. And I think the audience was waiting for Gene to kind of dictate what was going to happen and, and, and the, the conversations and the questions. So I lobbed a couple of questions, uh, Adam when Ace came out, but I had a lot of missed opportunities where I could have asked more questions, but I didn't want to feel like I was hogging the, the situation. But looking back now at the videos, there's a lot of times where it's just kind of Gene sitting there waiting for the audience to ask him a question. And I don't think anybody's really ready to, to jump on it yet. You know, everyone's kind of feeling out the situation.
0: Yeah. You know, you know, those dead spaces, he's got stories to tell. What sort of stories and songs was he playing clips of, you know, kind of before Ace comes out and, uh, and then tell us about how Ace makes his entrance.
1: Uh, he I don't recall him. I could be wrong, uh, but I don't recall him playing too many tracks. They mainly played the tracks when Gene went away and we were mingling. Um, when Gene was doing his, you know, private meet and greets, Gene uh, came out with the acoustic guitar. They played. He played some Beatles stuff. Um, he played a little bit of My Uncle Was a Raft. It's very similar to the other uh, Vault experiences, but. Looking back now, I'm thinking, oh man, you know, you could have yelled at almost anything, and he probably would have tried to play a little bit of it. Uh, he he answered some questions, and uh, some of the questions aren't on the top of my head right now, but they're in the video. Um, luckily, there was about a million people filming the thing, so you can always go back, and and that's a great thing too that we have uh, in this day and age. You can go back, and literally somebody recorded the whole thing, and it's on YouTube the next day. You know so you exactly. can go back and and see the whole thing and remember everything well, versus twenty years ago, you would have remembered maybe two or three of the questions that were asked, yes, and the rest of it's just a fog in the modern day and age, everyone walks around like this you know at an event, it's
0: just a camera in front of their face instead of you know instead of actually sitting which
1: is in, good, which is good, yeah, it's good and bad, it's good and bad. You have to have a balance of the two, otherwise you'll live your whole life behind a screen, you know.
0: Yeah, that was why I bought a, so, tripod, a tripod so I could just set it up, and you know, next time I would actually use a monopod because you know it just got in the way and just set it and forget it. Um, Ace makes his. Uh, oh, you want to know about Ace? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. How does okay. how does
0: he make his entrance, and when did he find out that he was actually there?
1: So Keith, well, I mean, we knew he was coming because they promoted it on the on the site about a week week beforehand. So Keith comes out. Gene comes out and does his, his meeting or his, uh, Q&A. And Keith Valcourt, uh, who you may know, he comes out and goes, I just got a phone call from Ace. He just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> and so this was about at 11, 11, somewhere around there. So basically Gene came out. He did a couple acoustic songs. He messed around. He did it. Q and A. And he goes, all right, he goes, we're, we're going to go back and I'm going to start the private vault experiences. And the people started lining up. So the music starts playing and everybody's hanging out. And I want to say about an hour later, Ace showed up and he just nonchalantly walks out onto the stage. And then, uh, Gene comes out with him and they sit down and they play cold gin. Cold Jane's really the only song they played pretty much all the way through. They missed around with some Beatles stuff. And uh, again, it's on YouTube. The whole thing's on there. So um, I don't have to try to recall the whole thing. Um, they talked about, you know, road stories from the 70s. Um, somebody asked Ace who his favorite James Bond was. <laughs> and then and he went into about a three-minute monologue about that. And, and then I yelled out who his favorite... Who was your favorite Batman? That just was on my mind. If we're talking about our favorite James Bond, so I threw out Batman. And Ace goes, I like Val Kilmer a lot. And then uh, Gene kind of started talking about Adam West, which I'd love to be a fly on the wall for Gene and Adam West having a conversation. That would have been really cool. And then they played a couple acoustic songs. They played a song that they wrote together that I guess isn't finished yet that's going to be on Ace's solo record. Coming up here Which I thought sounded a lot like One of the songs When I was a kid the Ninja Turtles did a a tour (laughs) And they had an album that came out And it was only available Through Pizza Hut on a cassette tape And I thought the song Sounded a lot like one of the Ninja Turtles Songs from that, uh, that Fake tour that they did which I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I think you might, get it, like you, you might get like be get you might get another phone call different. from Gene. <laughs> <laughs> well, incidentally, that was my favorite uh, song off that Ninja Turtles record. So if they're gonna rip off any of the tunes off that, I I'm glad it was that one.
0: <laughs> you, you you know his songwriting sung to a heck of a level if he's ripping off Pizza Hut t- Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtle tracks. But uh, I well, I, don't, I don't think that's maybe the case. not
1: the whole song, but but the intro sounded very much like. Uh, uh, gotta fight to be free, You gotta fight for what is right. So I go back and I listen to that song, and I'm thinking, God, this could be an Ace Fraley song. It sounds, the lyrics and the and the melody, I actually wouldn't mind hearing Ace cover that one now, so. Wait, you, you still have this tape? Uh, oh, I'm sure I still have it somewhere. I think <laughs> I was about two years old, three years old when it came out, in 1991. The whole thing's on YouTube also, but okay. it, the only time it was officially released was on cassette, and you had to go to Pizza Hut to buy it, so.
0: Oh, that's too funny. So how how long does Ace kind of hang out on stage? And, uh, you know, was there the usual scrum for him? And did he hang around and mingle, you know, as Gene obviously probably gets back to doing the vault experiences? Or did he go off with Gene for a little bit? You know, how how did it kind of uh, go from that point?
1: Uh, Well, after, the, after their, you know, their little Q&A acoustic thing was over, Gene went back to do more vault things, and Ace hung out and signed some stuff. Ace was out there for, I want to say, about 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes or so. He was signing, taking pictures with people, um, which was really cool. Because, I mean, you, you go to a horror convention and, that what is it, 50 bucks for a picture with Ace and $50 yep. per signature. So if you put that into the uh, vault price tag, it actually helps justify it a little more if you get a picture with Ace. And he signed, I want to say... Of course, he didn't sign guitars or anything, but he signed about two things for every person hmm. So and took pictures with with almost everybody. Um, and, it, of course, there's only so many people there, so it didn't really get too crazy. And uh, so at that point, yeah, Ace, once everybody got what they wanted signed from Ace, uh, he, he went back into the back. And I think now here's where I was a little confused. I was thinking, is Ace going to now be in the room with Gene when you go in? Which I was fine with it, but I was thinking that's going to be a distraction for me, a good distraction. Then I'm not going to know who to talk to. You only, you know, you only have what 10 minutes or or so. And so I kind of have an idea when I want to say to Gene and, and what I want to do. But I'm thinking, God, if Ace is in there now, I'm not going to know who to talk to and I'm not going to know what to say. I'm going to want to ask Ace some stuff too. From what I gathered by looking at the photos from Miami, from other people's vault uh, time with Gene, Ace was in the back. And I guess if you wanted Ace to come in and take a picture with with you and Ace and Gene, he would. But I only found that out afterwards, after I was looking at other people's pictures. But when I went in, um, Gene was actually talking to Ace from behind the door. And he went and was talking to Ace. And then the video that uh, Keith shot, Gene's coming out from the door into the room with us. And you can briefly see Ace sitting in like a road case back there. So I'm like, damn, you know, if I had known, Ace could have came in and could have taken a picture, uh, me and my dad and Ace and Gene, which would have been cool. But uh, we got pictures with them separately. So it wasn't a big deal. So you just left poor Ace sitting on a road case, being neglected, spacing out. Fun. I think well yeah, I think I think Gene probably said, you know, if the people ask for Ace, he'll come in. But he's from Gene's perspective, maybe he doesn't want to assume that everybody's gonna want Ace in the room. So Ace was kinda of back there chilling out, and That's I guess nice. if somebody wanted him to come in, he would. Because I'm looking at the Miami pictures, there's the people directly before me uh had Ace in the room. So I don't know really how that went. I don't know how that all went down. Um, but
0: well, maybe he discovered the Argentinian cakes and you know just <laughs> snuck,
1: snuck off and was making sure he didn't have any crumbs. Um, well, that I will say, Ace looked great. He looked yeah. great. He, you know, uh, especially considering how he looked in the last few years. Uh, you know, the fans were getting a little worried. Uh, he looks great. He's in fighting shape. He's slimmed down. It's almost like he's ready to put a a costume on again, you know. Yeah, without a doubt.
0: And uh, let me echo that. When I saw him in January, obviously I'd seen him in, you know, in Feb. What was it? I think it was February last year um, uh, uh, up at the casino gig and done the meet and greet with him then. And I thought he looked even better Mm -hmm. this year, uh, much slimmer. Uh he he was his lucidity is just you know wonderful these days that uh you know his his continuing battle against his demons he's he's winning on a day-to-day basis obviously um you know so props to him because he's coherent uh he's he's also relaxed is what struck me in los angeles he he was even with people scrumming around he was just like eh. Yeah, you know, like like the the ace of old without the chemicals. Um, Definitely, just very comfortable in his own skin. Obviously, Rachel is a, a great. Was she there? Because uh, she was there in no, in Los Angeles. No, I don't
1: think she. W- I don't think she was because I never saw her. I, at one point I was kind of actively looking to see if she was there with him, and I don't think she was. I would have. I feel like I would have seen her at least once.
0: Right, and, and now people, you know, gotta kind of think when they're doing their vault. Well, who who the Yes, might be. I mean, is Ace there? I didn't have anything. for, And, you know, I, I'm not really big on autographs anyway. So it was just like, hey, Ace, uh, you know, could I get, get a picture with you if you wouldn't mind? And, you know, he did a couple with me and it was just really relaxed, arm over the shoulder. I loved it. I mean, that's my best interaction with Ace ever. And if that's my the final time I, I meet him in person, because as I start to do less, you know, in the kiss world, um,
1: then that's the, the best memory to have is that interaction that I've had as part of the vault. I have to agree because I've met Ace on two separate other occasions and they were at the, uh you know, the monster conventions and stuff. And, you know, he was nice, but, you know, he's in this little room and and he's signing stuff and he doesn't really, in those situations, it didn't really feel like he was really paying much attention. He was just kind of zoned out and uh assembly line type deal where he signs your thing, takes your picture, or he doesn't even stand up. That's what annoyed me about uh <laughs> The first time I got my picture with Ace, it was me behind a table. Yeah. Ace was sitting down, and I was standing behind him. So this time, I actually got one where a lot be- one that was a lot better than the, the last time I met Ace and got a picture. And I, I think what it had to do with was there weren't a million people there. I think he felt a lot more comfortable. And maybe he's just in a much better place than he was, I think it was 2011. And I know he has hearing issues, so a lot of the stuff you know, goes right over his head. Even Gene, uh, when people were asking questions in, in Miami, Gene would have to repeat the question to ACE. Cause ACE said, I, you know, I'm deaf. Ack, you know, I'm deaf. You're going to have to speak up. What? So it's not like he's trying to hide it. Uh, no, he, yeah.
0: he admits. Yeah. Well, you, you've been to an ACE concert. You know how freaking loud it
1: is. Uh, he is deaf <laughs> as, as yeah. deaf as a doornail. Um, well, well that leads me to a question actually. So was there a time where Ace wasn't hearing, wearing hearing protection? Because it seems like Gene can hear just fine. Was there a sp- specific time in, in the 70s where Ace went Pete Townsend and just didn't wear hearing protection at all? And, uh, uh, you know, when you think about Gene, you think that's something Gene probably was thinking about from day one.
0: But Ace, maybe not so much. You know, that, that would be a great question for anyone who interviews any of these guys, you know, whether it's Gene, Paul, Ace, Peter, uh, Bruce or Eric and Tommy, you know, how did you protect your hearing? Did you think about it in the seventies? Um, or in the eighties for, for some of the, the newer guys? Um, I, I've never even thought to ask that. And that's, that's, you know, that's a, a great missed question. How did you protect your hearing? And, you know, maybe other, other kind of things, because obviously I don't think Ace did but you know kiss also had a reputation for being one of the loudest bands in the world at one point i mean they were pushing well over 100 decibels at shows because they had people coming out and monitoring them and trying to take the venues to task for them playing too loud over city ordinances so um you know and anyone who's ever been to an ace show knows how brutally loud they can be to the point of actual pain i will not go in without
1: ear protection to any a show no me either me either and you know if it's if it's too loud, you're too old. But well, you know what? I'd rather hear this stuff for the rest of my life with, you know, earplugs in, than to go in and blow my hearing on one show, which almost happened. And it and it was at a uh, Kiss tribute show, which kind of sucks. I went in with with uh, out earplugs, and and uh, my hearing was messed up for weeks. So ever since then, I've been real good about that. And you know, you get those industrial ones that are clear, like the musician ear ear earplugs and you can still hear all the music you can hear everything and uh you know i'll usually take the earplugs out for the first song so i get the feeling of uh, of the whole experience but then after that i'll i'll put the the earplugs in and uh enjoy the rest of the show cuz i like i like music and i like and i sing on occasions and i i do a lot of things that use my ears so you know i need to need to be respectful of that i'm yeah. sure paul especially uh, you know paul's an activist for that kind of thing I wonder how he was uh, dealing with that in the 70s.
0: Especially with his ear with impediments his as well. Yeah. You know, he would have had to have been and would have been very cognizant of the fact that he had to protect himself. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I don't know if I interviewed Paul, whether that would be a question that I, I would ask him, but you know, it would be an interesting one to actually, you know, find I, again. So maybe if anyone's listening who's going to be doing an interview with any of these guys, it's, it's something interesting to ask, you know, whether it's Ace you know, Ace probably can't remember. Or maybe he maybe he can't. He just didn't care um, back then. It was just get on stage and play with a stack of marshals behind you. What else could be better in life? Um, you know, maybe they they maybe they couldn't tell. You know, they, obviously they're on stage, somewhat behind the PA at times, relying on the monitors to kind of tell them how loud they are. So they're they're getting a different dynamic to the
1: sound. So, you know. Well, all I can say is, you know, Gene seems like he hears just fine. You know, so and he always, you know, he talks with that real relaxed, calm voice and uh, he hears everything you say and he hears people talking from the back without a microphone. So I don't know what he did differently than Ace, but there's definitely a difference there and they're roughly the same age. So.
0: Yeah, so let's get back to the Miami Vault experience Uh, before we go into your actual experience. um you mentioned that there were some folk from Argentina, which I found I find fascinating today. Um, any any other guests? How how was it mingling with your fellow fans? Um, you, you know, was it a good bunch of people? No drama, just everyone relaxed, having a good time. Anyone interesting? Any kind of minor celebrities? Uh, any important podcasters? Um, you know, what what was uh, the crowd like? There,
1: there was uh, almost human. Fifty six was there. Or otherwise known as uh, Dr. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Ralph Vieira, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah, Ralph. Mm-hmm. Um. Ralph, I want your elder cassette. If you hate that, I will do a trade with oh, you. I filmed that video. I filmed him opening, opening that up. Oh, you did? Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I won't get into the whole specifics of that story. Maybe you can have him on. He can tell his story. But basically, from what I gathered, he did not open up his vault with Gene. Uh, something happened in there and, uh, I guess he was being not kicked out, but the, the meet and greet, cause he was right after me mm-hmm. and, uh, his, his meet and greet was getting sped up. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, uh, Gene, he goes, aren't you going to have me open, you know, the mystery compartment? And he, he said that Gene goes, open it at home. <laughs> 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 so he, he comes out with his vault and, um, I said, "Do you want to open it right here?" cuz I, you know, I wanted to see what he had inside. So he, I said, "I'll film it for you." So he handed me the camera and I filmed it and he pulled out the the Elder cassette and a backstage pass and something else, I think. Yeah, a sticker for Tongue magazine, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So yeah, so, I, but he he was a cool guy. I never met him in person. Oh, he, he uh, is a know, cool guy. I watch his videos. Yeah.
0: He was at the National Rock and Pod last year. Quite a character. Would love to have a mm-hmm. beer uh, a beer with him. I don't know if he drinks, but I'd I'd have a beer with him. Um, and and a chat about music. Quite a character. Um, you know, the podcast has uh, spoken for itself. In, in in the past. So let um obviously he's one of the. Oh, characters. and uh, Barry Gibbs, Barry Gibbs' son, was there as well. Wasn't he the and, one who was photographed with Gene in the seventies? Because I know yes. one of the Gibb children was, and it was made I think, I think sixteen. I,
1: yeah, I think that was him. It, that's in his his uh his uh book, his Gene's biography. I think yep. that picture in there, and also uh, Maria Contessa was there as well. Oh, excellent. Yeah, she wasn't there very long because she was sitting there quiet by herself. And uh, Keith said, you know, just want to give a special shout out to to her and. You know, he kind of explained who she was and what she did. So I ran right over to her and said, Let me get a picture. So we got a picture real fast. And as soon as that was over, I turned around and she was gone. And I never saw her again. So I was happy I got a picture with her because that was my only opportunity. And I didn't know that until I turned around. And same with, with Barry Gibbs' son. I would have gotten a picture with him too, but I think they hightailed it out of there. I know uh, that Lenny Kravitz was invited and Iggy Pop was also invited. <sighs> Hmm. Uh,
0: I, I was thinking miami that it would be glorious of but uh there you go <laughs> will smith yeah <laughs> but you know which you, i would have been fine with that too come on maria contessa and mary gibson you know both which have those kiss connections obviously uh contessa you know i, I met someone at the um atlanta expo last week he had a, a fantastic jacket that he got signed on the outside by the the living kiss members and on the inside he got signed by kind of you know the bob kulix maria contessa was in there very very cool oh, cool jacket and, and nice for people to give her recognition for obviously what she did for the band is an important part of the visual history that we enjoy which uh
1: did she design did she design the dynasty costumes
0: oh god i i you know, ross Ross knows the answer to all that i i just okay okay i I just don't have the uh the nouse on that sort of side of things. I think she was love gun because wasn't okay. uh wasn't dynasty and unmasked that uh Vegas guy Bob Mackey who did share stuff oh um, yeah, you're right, you could be right but i I just don't know so you know anyone wants to point us out you know Ross knows
1: the answer to all of that and uh it'll be in it'll be in his book I'm sure so. Well, while we're on special guests, we have to throw out uh, uh, Gino. Oh. He, Gino was there, the so, exclusive producer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice guy. Very cool. And uh, the next day, I'm looking at pictures, and there's, you know, Gene and Ace sitting in front of the fireplace at Gino's house playing cold gin, and Vanilla Ice is there. And... <laughs> Ace Ace baby. <laughs> yeah. That, yep. that that was absolutely
0: hilarious. Rob, what's his name? Rob Van Winkle. Um I always liked Vanilla Ice. I that's a, a guilty pleasure on my playlist. I have very very little rap. I do have two of uh, Vanilla Ice tracks along with some MC Hammer, some uh Coolio and uh who's who's the other one? LL
1: Cool J. And that's about it. Well, another kid. Ninja Turtle connection for me cuz he did the Ninja Turtle rap in the second Turtles movie. So as a kid, you know, he was cool to me just cuz he was in a Ninja Turtles movie. So (laughs) and just looking at those pictures of there's Ace Frehley talking to Vanilla Ice, Uh, two completely different eras of music and genres just thrown into the mix together blows my mind oil and water the, the, the two would not seem
0: to mix how is Gino I mean he seems like a, a really cool cat you know and he's had a heck of experience he's done the home experience the uh, producer experience and obviously I believe he was the first producer experience so I mean he, he's had quite a run with Gene Simmons and, and you saw all the instruments that he had as well so he's mm-hmm. obviously done a lot of those uh, types of things because the, the things Gene and Ace were holding in some of those photos were apparently ones that he'd already perked so uh you know it seems like like quite a character
1: well it's funny to think back now because when they first uh posted the pictures of the producer experience there were a lot of people that thought that gino was a uh uh uh, employee of rhino records (laughs) that had pretended to buy the to buy the vault exclusive producer experience because you know how you know you know how those rumors get started Uh, They said, you know, there's no way somebody would buy one of these. And that's probably just somebody who is who's connected to Gene or connected to Rhino. And they're trying to to pull the wool over your eyes. But no, he's real.
0: He's very uh, real.
1: Yeah. He did the home experience and the 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 producer experience. And his name is on the vault on the inside when you when you open it up. Great guy. Really nice guy. Uh, We're friends on Facebook now. And I got a picture with him. So he didn't invite me to his house for the for the, the home experience. So maybe next time. Yeah, and if you're listening, Gino.
0: (laughs) And he's got that pic I love that picture of him in his bed, cuddled up with his Hello Kitties, with Gene and A sitting behind him, kind of lullabying him to sleep. I mean, or
1: see you in your dreams, I guess would be more appropriate. Fantastic. It makes you wonder it makes you wonder if that was some sort of dream he had when he was a kid that he wanted to reenact as an adult because he could. That was the first thing that popped into my head. You know, maybe that's some some fantasy having he was a kid that kiss would be in his in in his bedroom at night that's kind of going into a weird direction but anyone who's a kiss fan no know, knows you know knows what i'm talking about you know kiss showing up at your school or kiss showing up at your house and uh to me when i saw those pictures that was the first thing that popped into my head was you know let's reenact that dream i had 40 years ago or where Kiss showed up at my house and played a concert, you know? Yeah, now now I'm at a place in my life where I'm able to do that. And these
0: people weren't plants. The other executive uh, producer, uh, the, I think Hernandez family in Dallas, I, I I met the mother in Atlanta and she came around the table, introduced herself and – you know, very, very nice people. I'm I'm glad they've been able to do those experiences. I'm glad I was able to do the vault experience that I was able to do. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get into your vault experience. Uh, you're next in line. Walk us through what went down and what you remember of it.
1: Okay. So, oh, so basically uh, at one point I'm waiting in line for the restroom and uh, Keith, Ace, and Gene come out to do the little unplug set. And I wasn't I'm just standing there and Ace walks by and, you know, I give him a handshake and Gene gives me a fist bump and uh, Gene walks by and I feel a tap on my ass. (laughs) It was Gene. (laughs) Gene tapped me on the butt before they went up on stage. Gene, you you can't do that that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Hashtag me too. But um, everything went well. So so later on in the day, we're we're getting ready to go in. And uh, I think it was number 23. So we head in and uh, Gene's eating macaroni salad because in between each thing, I think he was eating or just chilling out or whatever. And w- which I'm fine with, you know, take your time, you know, be relaxed. I don't expect you to be, be, you know, I'm Gene Simmons, you know, hey, I I want to talk to the human being. Uh, so I brought with me, um, I had a gift for Gene, which was an original piece of sheet music from 1940 from the uh, Pinocchio movie. It's the When You Wish Upon a Star. And, uh, you know, Gene collects Gene. That's the first line in the Vault book. It says, some people collect Star Wars. You know, I meet people that collect comic books, blah, blah, blah. I collect me. So it actually worked well that I brought him something like that because uh, it had a connection to him, and he loved it, you know. And, uh, of course, I, I got video of that, too, and when I was watching him look at this, he was studying. He even took his sunglasses off. You know, he was studying this sheet music, and he looked at the publisher, and he and he um he goes, "This really means a lot to me." And when I look up, I didn't see Gene Simmons. I saw Hyam Witz, or I saw Gene Klein. You know, the 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 fifteen year old, and that's what I wanted out of that. Yep. You know, I wanted to give him something that connected with his childhood and his past and uh something that took him back to the very beginning before kiss before wicked lester before you know bullfrog beer so mission it, accomplished on that one yeah
0: it's it's an incredibly poignant piece of his history that that cover is not on his solo album for no reason that is not cornball that is not anything other than that is the real gene um yeah, and you and hear it, his voice cracking, singing that, you know. So I, I love how you thought to take that to him because, you know, for the for the special moment. As a fellow immigrant, I spoke the language. He came to this country completely, you know, what he spoke—he Hebrew and I think German or Hungarian, you know—but uh, not English. And having to learn that language and to learn. You've heard the stories. Uh, yeah, and, and and he's never been shy of telling him, you know, uh, his relationship with comics and the Disney movies. And you got to just to, to, to peek through time, in essence, when you gave that to him.
1: Yeah. And I've I've had I'm a sheet music collector. I'm a vintage film collector. So I wanted to find something that was part of another passion of mine, but that also connected with Gene and his passion and his career. And uh, so and I've had two of those forever, and I always said I'm going to hang on to this one because one day I'll meet Gene in a, in a situation where I can hand this to him and actually have a conversation about it with him. And um, I finally got that opportunity, so
0: That's awesome. mission
1: accomplished on that one.
0: Yeah, and, and also uh, kudos for being thoughtful. You know, he, he said, you know, bring me a gift if you wish. You know, he, he was certainly receptive to the idea, but it, it's nice that, you know, when you can make a connection with him on, on that level. Okay, so let's talk about your your actual vault. You you gave him that first, and then uh, what did he do? Did he point over and say, that's
1: your vault, Nigel? So, yeah, so he goes, uh, here's your vault. It was stacked on top of another vault. So it's, you know, up a little higher. So it doesn't have to crouch down to, to get everything out. Um, he showed me, you know, he gave me the pitch that you've seen online. Here's where this is. And there's a book and 50,000 words and 11 CDs because 10 wasn't enough. And I lied and there's actually 11 CDs. So when I was watching your video, that part was very similar to, to how we, how we did it with you. Um, so we get to the, the special item uh, compartment. And he goes, all right, open that up in there to to see what you have. So I open it up and I go, do I... Because, you know, I've seen a lot of videos of this and I'm not sure whether or not... I'm like, do I go up and go underneath in the back? Or he goes, there's no rules. There's no rules. Just go in. So I pulled out uh, a little compartment and my dad was with me. He goes... My dad told me later on, I thought it was a Rolex. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a Rolex. So I pull this out, this item right here. Here, I'll turn the light around here so you can get a little better shot. It's signed. It's upside down. Sorry. He goes, oh, he goes, it's my shades. So let me open these up for you. There's been a lot of speculation online now. I posted this on the Kiss My Collectibles page. And a lot of people seem to think these are the sunglasses from Domino. And they look very similar, although there's a shot where he takes them off and the sides look different. So unless they had two pairs of sunglasses in that video, I don't think these are the ones from Domino. But I'm still trying to figure out if we can find a picture of them online. Gene said they were from, he goes they're from 18 years ago. So, and, uh, but others seem to think they're from more from the nineties, from the revenge era and actually, uh, goes with a lot of the photos from that era. He had sunglasses that were very similar to this and I haven't seen any of them, uh, where he's wearing these in the farewell tour era. So maybe Gene was off on it. Maybe Maybe he's right, I don't know, but until I see a picture of him him wearing them, I uh, will reserve my judgment. But it's still a really cool item to have.
0: Yeah, and and it's also a mission now to find a photo of him wearing those particular ones and maybe doing a little bit of research. I mean, do they have a brand, and do they have a model number that you can punch into the interwebs to see you know, if they were manufactured in a certain
1: certain period? It's uh, ESS, ESS brand. I don't think it'll now it won't show up, but it's ESS brand. So I'm sure at some point we'll find a picture because everyone's now posting pictures under that thread with Gene wearing every sort of sunglasses under the sun. So eventually we'll, we'll hit the right one, but I would love it if these are the ones from Domino, that's awesome. You know, I couldn't ask for a better secret compartment gift than that. So, No, very, very cool.
0: So what what else was in
1: there? The, uh, Merry Christmas card from, uh, 2004. And of course, Gene signed it for me on the side there. I think there's quite a few of these out there, but it's still a really cool, really cool item to have. And this is actually the year I graduated uh, high school too, so.
0: Oh that's cool. I mean, that cool that, item. that was the yeah. first year I didn't get one. I, the last one I got was 2003, so that, that's a
1: that's a nice one to have. Agreed. But the meet and greet thing was awesome. You know, um, he a lot of people have been asking me questions about this, that, and the other, and basically every vault experience is its own thing. Gene gets a sense of who you are, and and. You know, if you connect with him, the event could go on for 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. You know, I can't remember exactly how long we were in there, but it was it had to be over 10 minutes. Yeah, um, maybe 15 because it's all kind of a blur. And Keith uh, filmed filmed uh, a lot of the parts, but he didn't film everything. So I don't know exactly how long it was, but I know it was longer than 10, maybe 15
0: no, that, that's very cool. One thing you do have—have have you done this? Have you gone through your vault secret compartment with a flashlight yet? Because when I went through mine, this fell out, which was an additional—really? Yeah, it was an additional photo pass from the uh, Freedom to Rock tour. My no, item, I'll,
1: I'll have to do that. I'll have to, as soon as we get done here, I'm gonna go check that out.
0: Yeah, because my my <laughs> items fact. were, of course, the uh, the backstage pass from Edmonton Gene Simmons solo show, which I attended and I did the meet and greet for. And uh, hey, Ralph, this is all for your benefit in case you're interested in any of these items. You know, so backstage pass, or you can have the uh, All Coin Era Almo um rapid play guide for alto sax (laughs) and e-flat instruments so you know i i one thing i i I really don't like the idea of and I, i did some see someone from the detroit expo selling their you know exclusive item on on ebay i would like to stay away from that but i don't think there's anything wrong with offering trade up with other vault purchasers if you did not get an item that you like or care about you know these are all great items but for for an elder still sealed elder cassette after doing the odyssey book i I would definitely do a deal but uh there you go Uh, to each their own so make sure you do check out your vault secret compartments because you never know what maybe got knocked around um you know in the in the time from when they packaged them up and put the special gifts in um because the the sides of that where you reach in Do not go all the way up against the sides of the box. There's a gap, like a sixteenth of an inch down there, which paper goods could easily slip into. And then, of course, it does go up and and around the back of where the book uh, tray is, all the way up to the top. So you you could get quite a bit in there.
1: Well, yeah, I'm going to keep my my VIP pass and uh, my wristband and, you know, all all the things from that event, I'm going to keep that in that compartment, too, because why not, you know? Might as well utilize that space. Yeah. Uh, regarding the the top uh, where he personalizes it to you, uh, I actually got a piece of... Because I was a little worried about the signature getting rubbed off over time. So I actually got a piece of plexiglass that I put over the the rivets. So you can put in essence, you can put something else on top of it if you have to store it, and you don't have to worry about it getting the, the signature rubbed off. So if anybody's looking for a way to protect the uh, autograph on top of the, the vault itself, if you have to store it or, or put something else on top of it, that's a really good way to go, to get a piece of thick plexiglass and put it on top. That way you can not worry about uh, getting your gene signature rubbed off over time. Yeah, I was thinking about spraying spraying mine. (laughs) 2008.
0: My 2008 to Julianne.
1: Gene Signature.
0: Yeah, I was going to spray mine down with Fixer. Uh, but I, I'm frightened of, uh, okay. frightened of doing that because it, it's just not something that you you can't really test that theory. And you you either do a little spray and you're committed, or you don't spray and you go plexiglass. So right now, uh, mine's just sitting loose. What did he write to you or to you on yours? And you know, obviously, you'd been given a warning, you know, after the L.A. one that you know maybe you want to think about what to have him write. Did you have anything special, or did you just let him uh, scribble?
1: Well, my two ideas were, which he ended up writing, When You Wish Upon a Star, because I wanted to connect it to the sheet music and, you know, uh, Gene's biography and everything when he was younger. So that's what I had him write on there, but I gave him the option. I said, either write that, or if you want to draw me an original piece of art on there, draw me a picture of Godzilla or, or, or Batman or something. But by this point, he would, he had already started writing the When You Wish Upon a Star. So. So that was, that was done. But, uh, I was hoping to maybe get an original piece of gene art, a dinosaur, or something cool on my vault, but I'm very happy with, with what I got. Very happy.
0: So he spelled everything right and it's not when you wish upon a stair.
1: <laughs> no. And he's, he spelled my name right too. So. And what? I'm not, uh, what, N-I-G-L-E. what year?
0: Yeah. What, what year did you get yours?
1: He wrote January. He just wrote January 2018. I think he realized. He wasn't going to get super specific after... Los Angeles. There's,
0: there, you know what? There's no reason to. Doing signatures, assembly line, one after the other. And I, I don't know if it was the same for you that he spent a lot of detail doing a nice signature on top of mine, um, whether that was mine the same too. case with you. It, I mean, he's, he's putting care into how he delivers this product to everyone. I mean, obviously, this is our second podcast about the vault, you know, because we I want to revisit it from different experiences in different places to see how, you know, the whole event evolves. And, you know, some parts like getting the vault are all, all going to be the same how many different ways is he going to do that you know he's not going to have a mazo show up and blow fire at you and boom your vault appears out of a, a haze um so um you you get your vault you you finish your chat what did you get did you bring stuff to get signed by him
1: um yeah yeah i brought um solo album 78 solo album uh i brought a the first album that I had, uh, Ace already signed it. Paul already signed it. Tommy and Eric signed it. long story. I'm okay with it now. Uh, and I needed Gene on it too. Yeah. I, I, need I, Peter I, now. I actually, I remember now you got
0: taken to task on, oh. on, 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 why did you let Tommy and Eric sign that? I, oh, for God's sake,
1: you know, it happened. Thread, it happened. Thread now deleted. <laughs> the entire thread deleted because of that. But, um, basically I'll, I'll give you the, the, Short version of that story. I did a meet and greet in 2009, and this was before Sonic Boom had come out on vinyl. Uh, so I didn't really have anything for the current lineup to sign. Uh, I wanted a record signed, so I took the first record, hoping Gene and Paul would sign it. Uh, I met Paul first, and Paul signed it, and it was, it was like Paul, Tommy, Eric, uh, down the line, and then Gene sort of had his own line on the other side. So Paul signed it. And Paul and I are having a conversation. So Paul signs it and he hands it down to Eric and I'm still talking to Paul. So I have a, a, a you know, a moment in my head where I go, okay, do I stop Paul? Do, do I stop this conversation I'm having with Paul to tell Eric and Tommy to not sign that <laughs> album and make it awkward? Or just do I continue to have the conversation with Paul and just let whatever happened happen? And so I just kept talking to Paul and Paul kept talking to me and then at the end I went down and I shook hands with Eric and Tommy and I got my album signed by Eric and Tommy um, and so then I had to sign it and I missed Gene because Gene had his own line and then they got rushed to the stage so I didn't get Gene to sign it there so I needed him to sign it at this thing and he did a great awesome big signature on uh, on that record so now I've just decided you know I'll try to get everybody to sign that one Bruce yeah, probably not Vinny because he signs so big. He's not. I don't think there'll so, be no, room for Vinny on no, there. No,
0: he's doing wonderful signatures that are reasonable at the moment, or at least he did. Oh, uh, and okay. I, I don't know if that'll be the case in Nashville. But he was very respectful and mindful to kind of like his zone on you know album covers. Uh, you know, if you gave him an invasion cover, then it might well have covered the whole thing, you know, and that's fine. That's Vinny Vincent Invasion. But on all the Lick It Ups that I saw that he signed, he kind of stayed over by where he was on the cover. Um, so I, I would say go for it. I mean, get get him on yeah. there. Just get all of their, you know, Bruce. You've, you've already got Tommy and Eric. And you know what? It's a Kiss record. And they're members of the family mm-hmm. is the way I look at it. Some people are very kind of militant about it that if you're not on the album you shouldn't be signing it but i i do also agree with what mike Branvold kind of said on three sides you know when someone gave him a record to sign he's fine i'll sign it you know it's your record you know it all is fair i mean you Mm -hmm. can go down to your local burger king and get the cashier to sign your record if that means something to you Uh, and you don't happen to have anything else, it doesn't have to be a big deal. There are some people who, when that record was handed down to Tommy and Eric, would have taken it, looked at it, and chucked it in the trash right then and there. But you
1: know what? Tommy and Eric keep the dream alive for a lot of us. To be fair, I've heard um, Tommy and Eric always ask the person, are you sure you want me to sign this? I'm not on this. This isn't me. Are you sure? It was just the situation and the circumstance that I was in. You know, Paul just kind of handed it off and it kind of went down the line. And I wasn't going to ruin a good moment with Paul to make it awkward. And, you know, you see these people online that are like, well, I would have, I would have screamed at him and I would have told him to stop and I would have. Why? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah sure, yeah. you would.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, go and do that right now. No, don't. Yeah. Because they're, you know, they're just, doing their thing. Someone hands them something. Paul hands them something. You know, they're, they're on autopilot as well to a certain extent. They're very good. They've, I've always heard them ask that when given classic stuff. There was someone who, uh, at Reno last year gave them a copy Destroyer. You know, and Tommy, you know, did ask. You know, and, uh, you know, when I go to these things, I'm usually on a mission for one item. Last year it was that, uh, 74 poster from Kisteria. And so I kept that away from them completely. But I also brought a Sonic Boom CD because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be disrespectful and say, I don't want anything signed by you guys because I was only on a mission for that one thing. I don't have a problem with Tommy and Eric. They're, they're, they're both great guys. Eric is wonderful. Um, but I, I brought something to get signed just because I didn't want to, you know, not have something signed by them as part of the meet-and-greet process when all I was really interested in was the that poster. So, you know, it, of course. It, everyone's different.
1: So, um, you know... Well, now I'm worried, though, because someone told me, well, if you plan on getting Peter to sign that, you need to cover up that Eric signature, because I've heard that Peter won't sign... <laughs> he won't sign it if Eric's signature's on it. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Yeah, you, you know, tell him the story. Say, hey, Paul, it's
0: Paul's fault. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He'll love that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> throw, throw Paul under the bus. I mean, come on. Or there,
1: there was that um, Creatures of the Night tour book that somebody had Ace sign, and Ace said – I guess he said, I'll sign it, but only if I can do some artwork inside. And you probably remember this. Didn't he cross out Vinny's face, and he circled himself, and he – he did all sorts of art inside. I said, you know what, at the end of the day, if, if, if Peter gave me an ultimatum like that, I guess I'd say, you know, Peter, do whatever, <laughs> do whatever you want to scribble eric out yeah but, because it would have a you know. story
0: <laughs> you would know that eric's signature's on there and that eric had signed yeah. it and if peter really if, if peter wanted to do a little primal therapy right then and there say hey sign over it if you want what, what whatever makes you happy peter i'd really like you to sign this because it's got it's more important than just the one album it's about my story my history that includes every mm-hmm. member of the band obviously you're the original you're the drummer on this album we know it but this this is more about my journey than just your story. Story. You know, it's ours together, which you're a part of. You want to sign big? Sign big. How how do you want to do it? You know, so. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. and if I'm handing him 50 bucks, I don't think he's going to care either way. <laughs> Yeah. Either way for a
0: signature. <laughs> you, know, you, you never know. It might be a conversation piece. But at this at this point, yeah. I think he's probably seen enough kiss records that have their signatures on it um, for it not to be an issue. You know, I I hope it'd be the case. But if not, you know what? You know, tell the mm-hmm. story. I was having a chat with Paul and he just, you know, we were talking. He just handed it down without realizing uh, no disrespect was intended. And the other guys, you know, were just on autopilot but that's, mm-hmm. that's absolutely hilarious i mean and then you'll get your record back from peter and uh paul's face will have some art added to it right you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'll be unique definitely unique
0: yeah and, and it'll be yours it'll be not something that you'd ever want to part with because of uh the stories that are attached to every single signature on that and that's what's the great part about meeting these guys especially in situations we have a little bit more time to kind of interact with them and you know kind of have that thing that represents that moment other than the memories in your head so exactly l- let's kind of bring this one to a close was it worth it
1: oh totally absolutely you know the thought even went through my head do i want to do another one <laughs> i won't i won't do another one but the thought did go through my head because it was just such a fun uh and unique event you know i've been on i've been on a couple of the cruises a completely different event than that uh, in a good way. You know, you're really hands-on with these guys. Uh, you're one-on-one with them as human beings. And, you know, I was lucky enough to get ace at mine. Uh, so I hope whoever does these in the future gets cool uh, special guests as well. But at the end of the day, it's all about Gene, and it's all about the vault. And I've had the vault for a week, and I'm nowhere near the end of this thing. You know, I still have a book to read. I still have two or three CDs that I need to listen to that I haven't heard a single song off of. And the CDs I have li- that, uh, I have listened to, you know, I'm going to go back and listen to th- two or three or four more times. So it's going to take a while to get initiated with all this stuff. And it kind of takes me back to when I got the Kiss box set. Uh, I took that box set book with me to school every day. And I memorized everything and I and I knew every story behind every song. And that's the one negative thing about the vault book is that I can't take it to work with me to read, nor would I ever take it out of the house. Um, so it's kind of a book I'll have to to read at home. But there's just so much to discover and so much um, music to to discover. You know, what more can you say? This is something that honestly was in the works for what,
0: 15 years it, it, a very long time. If you go back to this wonderful product, which I just happened to have ready, Speaking in cool. Tongues, if you flip over the back of that insert card, it's got. Um A special note to those of you who are listening to the soundtrack music in the background. You may not recognize some of the music on here because it has never been released. These are the demo versions of songs that will be appearing next year in the Gene Mm -hmm. Simmons 100 box set. 100 songs that have never been released. 2004. What are some of the songs on there? Weapons, Carnival of Souls, Sweet and Dirty Love, Am I Losing My Mind, Damn I'm Good, Every Day Above Ground, Everybody Knows, Granny Takes a Trip, I Turn to Stone, etc. etc. Most of the songs listed on here are on that vault um, and I remember going back and to-
1: inside the uh what was it inside the the lunchbox the tin the uh, sex money sex, kiss, kiss audio book yeah that had uh like two or three songs two that were supposed to be coming out on the oh oh wait I'm sorry No, it was uh, The Family Jewels. The Family Jewels Jewels uh, Season
0: 1. Yeah, Deluxe Edition had a CD in it, and that had Rain Keeps Falling and Everybody Knows, I think, on it. The Sex Money Kiss had a bonus CD that had another version of uh, Everybody Knows. And I can't remember the other song off the top of my head. The versions of those songs that are on the vault are slightly different. They're either little little Pro Tools cut and paste to move them around so they're not identical um, or, or different takes completely. That, that's the first thing that I did when I had mine was I A B'd all the stuff that had previously been released, uh, whether it's on a Love Gun Deluxe or on the box set to see if everything, and everything is different, with the exception of Mad Dog and um, the song off Unmasked. Uh, God, You're that? All That I Want? Yeah, thank you. Which. Yeah. Which are superior transfers in my, to my ears on this. So while they're the same song, they're different transfers. So in, in, in keeping with the, the honor of saying previously unreleased 166 songs, absolutely correct so far as I can tell. And everything that I've had demo wise doesn't count because you're not supposed to have that stuff. It leaked out.
1: So there you go. Question for you. Um, what tracks blew you away on this? Were, what songs were, – were there songs you had never heard of before? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. The, the, there's, yeah.
0: There's plenty on here. And I'm only really through analyzing disc three. Um Let me speak in kind of general terms. Gene's Crazy Night stuff on this are the winners so far for me. Um, Dial L for Love is absolutely stunning. Pristine studio quality with lyrics. Uh, I haven't gotten to that one yet. With vocals, pardon me. Um, when Eric Carr's Unfinished Business came out I was kind of under the impression from the liner notes that that was as good as they had just a rough idea as an instrumental that no vocals had ever been cut well that song came on and I fell out of my chair and then I was jumping up and down I I was really you know obviously I'm working on a crazy Nights project at the moment so hearing that blew me away are you always this hot the 12th track that was recorded for that album and left off um absolutely stunning and you know better than no 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 actually and then of course gene's two demos from that album good girl gone bad and uh hell or high water again like paul's demos from that album they're tougher rougher harder edged um if that album had been i'm going to say this and people can boo me if crazy nights had been produced by paul stanley in the same vein as asylum it would have been an outstanding album, in my opinion. Um Obviously, it wouldn't have been the Crazy Nights that we all know. Uh, polished, but all that edge, the roughness, it was good rock and roll music. That's the stuff that jumps out at me immediately. Uh, Carnival of Souls. All of the demos related to that album are making me reevaluate Carnival of Souls now because they're completely different arrangements. They're lo-fi demos in many ways. You've heard tastes of Julius or Hey You on the sampler reel that they, they put out. They're they're really making me reappraise a, a lot of what Gene has done. And then finally, um, Only You, the, the three versions that become, uh, I think, A Sweet Temptation, is the so middle
1: Eskimo Sun, right? That's the original.
0: Eskimo Sun is the precursor okay. uh, with the yeah. with the chord pattern or the the note pat uh, the the basic part of that. Then there's the Only You demo, um, which is just the main kind of verse part of the song. Then there's I think it's Sweet Temptation, which is the bridge section that's added in to the version. Then another version, Am I Losing My Mind, and they're all very. Just the the plane up Only You is absolutely exquisite, beautifully recorded. There's so much. Um, You know, ask me tomorrow. I'm going to say something else because I will have been listening to it in the morning, you know, with my cup of tea while writing stuff and something else will have jumped out at me. There was stuff. um, Mongoloid Man is probably another one of the big disappointments. I I didn't realize that that was the Jelly Roll riff that we had had for years. Um, And then you
1: hear it. It was like the end of um, Flaming Youth. That was a different song that everybody was waiting for to hear. And then when they finally heard it, oh, no, I'm sorry. The end of, um, oh, uh, We Are One is uh, Body and Soul from the Psycho Circus Sessions. Right. Dun, 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 dun. So, like, we'd heard it before, but we didn't know what it was. So that was a cool, you know, kind of discovery. And that's the great thing with this vault is you'll hear things. They're like, that's from this. Or he took that and did this with it. And it makes you wonder, I'm looking at this vault and I'm going through this huge book, and I'm thinking about the Beatles anthologies that came out twenty years ago yeah I'm thinking you wonder if Apple looks at something like this and goes, Damn, could we do this with the Beatles anthology? <laughs> could we come out with you know a five thousand dollar box of Beatles demos in a book that people would that people in a giant apple
0: they're
1: you know, so you know
0: the, they're so far down to the bottom of the barrel of the you know kind of the Beatles material. Is anyone going to pay for tra- uh, for takes 18 through 20 of Strawberry Fields? Uh, I mean, j- they just don't have anything kind of to that level of unrehearsed. I mean, maybe from the get-back sessions, there there's mm-hmm. some stuff that would be worthy of putting in a Beatles vault. They did, of course, do, do uh, you remember a few years ago when overnight that uh, iTunes uh, Beatles 64 bootleg appeared, all the radio appearances yeah. that they dumped out for copyright purposes to renew? Um, you you know it's it's the same with so many bands that could be Van Halen. Come on, um, Def Leppard. The Vinnie Vincent Vault. <laughs> the the Vinny Vincent Archives. Uh, it, it, you know, again, a, another great example. There's two more songs I want to mention. Um, that okay. I that I hope you get a chance to check out, and we'll we'll get together online and talk about some of these. Ace Frehley. Weapons, Power to Raise the Dead. I absolutely love what he did with that because it's just, it is weapons, the music that you can hear on Gene's Asshole album, uh, but with mm-hmm. Ace's rewritten lyrics. And I, I just love the singing on that. And Master of Flash, which is a song that Gene bought from Street Punk and John Montgomery. John Montgomery, yeah. And I've heard John's re-recorded version of that because it was up on, uh, uh what, what was it, my myspace or one of those early music sharing platforms and i was like how the hell is gene going to do this i didn't hear it it's a very cinemagraphic um kind of song very proud very british actually you think of the who and some of the 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 posing posturing 70s rock
1: bowie yeah bowie Mm -hmm.
0: or maybe even roger daltrey um but certainly bowie and when you hear it it's it's a rough song Um, In terms of its uh, fidelity, but it's also a very different sort of gene for where he's Mm -hmm. where he's, you know, to a certain extent, a failure as an actor. This is a success of him acting vocally because he's presenting a persona that's for me very different than what I was expecting. Very, very fascinating to experience to see. Um, But again. 166 songs. You're not getting through this
1: beast anytime soon. You're going to be digesting no. it for months. And take your time with it. Take your time with it. You know, I try to give myself something to look forward to. You know, uh, I won't blow through all the tracks. You know, right away. I'll, I'll listen to disc one and get familiar with that, and then. Bounce around. I think the first disc I put in was 11. I, I put the bonus disc in. I first. totally. I, I you know
0: pure Nigel started on 11. You know, <laughs> you, you know Gene, Gene's box set. Perfect. Gene's vault does not go up to 10. This one goes up to 11. 11.
1: They can't just make 10 louder though. They can't. No. 11. Um, one more question before we wrap things up. Future Kiss albums. Do you think Gene will have no problem reaching into a vault track that we've heard to re? Rework it into a new Kiss song, or do you think that now this stuff is out officially, he won't want to tread back? Hasn't or will he carry either way?
0: Hasn't stopped him before. If you think back to Animal off uh, Sonic Boom, where he reached back to the Peter Chris song, uh, you know. That's true. Yeah,
1: yeah. You
0: know, it, and and you know how much he likes his backbone slippage. You know what? If okay. if Gene goes back and he say Kiss does do another album. And they're talking about what sort of material, or they're starting to record stuff, and he gets an inkling ah, oh, that riff on Mina San, Mina San, let's do. It. Why not? It's fair. It's his... It, it, it won't bother him, yeah. It, no, and all, it won't bother me either. It's his music. If he wants to reinterpret it, if let's say, for example, that he wants to take one of these to Paul and say, Paul, do something with this. Make it better. Um, You know, make it work. And Paul says, yeah, and they work on it, or he gives it to Tommy, or he gives it to Eric to sing. Again, it's all fair. It's Kiss. There are no rules when it comes to music, and Kiss in particular. Gene is going to do whatever he wants, and... It's worked well for him in the past. It makes us laugh sometimes, like Sonic Boom and Monster, where you got two songs with Backbone Slippage, um, or you know, when this is a brand new song, and then now we know from the demos that it most certainly was
1: not. You know, It's Gene. It, it, it's, well, it's all good. The, it's all music. The thing that drives me nuts, though, is that on Sonic Boom and Monster, I mean, we have 167 Gene songs now where he's doing all these styles, he's doing all these different kinds of music. And on Sonic Boom and Monster, it's rewriting God of Thunder, rewriting Almost Human. And it's like Gene, and and this is actually something I I wanted to say to him when I was talking to him, but I didn't get a chance. I was like, Gene, let's have another World Without Heroes on a Kiss album. Let's have, you know, you don't have, I I wouldn't say it like, I wouldn't frame it like this to him, but I'm thinking you don't have to redo God of Thunder on every new Kiss album. You know, we can have an Only You. We can have a, a We Are One. That's the kind of stuff that I feel is missing on on these these more recent Kiss records is you know they feel so they feel so trapped that they have to try to recreate Love Gun. They have to try to recreate Destroyer or Creatures that um you know let Gene be weird, let 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 Tommy do a ballad, you know, let Eric do do a, do a song. It's just I wish they would reach into this vault type stuff and realize we don't have to do a cookie cutter Kiss album like it's 1977. And if they do a, a, a final record, I really hope it's material that where there is no, there are no rules, you know, hell let Tommy have the first track on the last kiss album. Just because he can, you know, just make it cool, make it different, make it unique. You know, that's well, the one thing I do appreciate about the elder is that they weren't uh, cookie cutter with it. They were, just being themselves on that one and, and letting whatever happened happen. And if they were going to do a final album, that's what I would hope they would do for that one too.
0: But now we know from you know some of the material in the vault that with the elder, they they certainly used a knife that uh you know, they're a transplant surgeon, you know, Mr. Ezrin. Here, I'm taking the middle section. And again, those would be great questions if you're getting to interview Bob Ezrin or Gene. You know, who decided to take that middle section from Sweet Temptation and add it on to Only You or Am I Losing My Mind and try and figure out the sequence that that magic happened? And here's another thing. You're talking about a new Kiss album. I'm not. I would love when they do the Nashville um, vault to make sure that uh, the Nashville Guitar Mafia, as I love to call Gene's backing band, Phil and the crew, to make sure they get a vault so that those boys can sit down and go through the vault and find the music that they like to use as inspiration to write all new material for Gene to sing that i would actually find far more interesting and vibrant in terms of a current modern music i said it on the podcast uh, yesterday in you know kind of kind of like johnny cash american music uh, american recordings where the elder statesman is presented newer material to interpret well use the guys who are in the gene simmons band who are are very talented musicians in their own right Uh, they're young younger guys than gene so inject some vibrancy into that have them write the music from gene's riffs and then take it to gene because gene's a good lyricist You know, and Mm -hmm. work and work together. Have a Gene Simmons band album created out of the scraps of ideas that just permeate this vault. There's so much to work with, so many ideas that were never fully realized. You hear it on the songs that have scat vocals, some are very short, have riff ideas that, you know, are very convoluted and a bit schizophrenic. They jump from um you know parts apart i would love to see what they can do with that so that the vault owners can say oh yeah that came from i remember, okay i see what it, you know and then the people who weren't able to participate and be a vault owner get to experience music that is music from the vault yeah
1: know, <laughs> yeah. brand new so yeah something Did...
0: something like that that has a connection with the vault so they get a you know a fly on the wall kind of
1: experience I'd still like to have that uh, record store day idea they had with uh, what was it, Lita and Stanley the parrot or whatever on a double sided mm-hmm. 45. Yeah. If if I if I had one wish for something they could have added, it would have been something like that, a 45 or and and make the 45 two songs that aren't on the CDs. Absolutely, that would ab- yeah. be kind of a unique. Yeah, absolutely. You know that would have been a great bonus item to have in everyone's
0: vault compartment—a reprobe 45 of that 10-inch acetate, you know, or a shrink it down to seven, whatever, you know, because the the, the Sanders one was the uh, Sanders recording was seven-inch, I believe. You know that that would have been real neat. Put that out for record store day with an insert. Uh, where I've got one right here. Ah, like that. Is your is your signed? This one isn't. I had a I had okay. a signed one, that I gave that away um so you you know something something like that would be a, an idea before we close we got to wrap this okay. one up I, my final... and they could
1: and they could keep that going i mean they could keep that vault stuff going by releasing that or releasing things that are connected to the vault but that you know like whatever regular people can get a hold of yep. versus the two thousand dollar vault, you know. Yeah, and, and even digital, you know.
0: Maybe they've they've already released a hand of fate on SoundCloud, and most mm-hmm. of Are You Ready has been, you know, so permeated through the the website that I, I don't think anyone actually wants to hear that song again at this point. Throw those up on iTunes, one ninety nine each. You know, let, mm-hmm. let let people have at those because they're they're already out. But then again, there's legal, there's licensing, there's all those things that uh, you know, us people who wish about things that we don't know about the business side don't consider. So th- there's always something, and we just don't know what is. But you know, those are some ideas. My last question for you was, you took your dad with you. How did he enjoy the the vault experience? Um,
1: w- w- was it a conversation piece or or what? <laughs> Um well basically if it hadn't been for him I probably would have not discovered Kiss so I figured I owed this to him um and there really wouldn't there I couldn't think of anyone else I would take to to such an event like this you know if I was going to a regular Kiss show it would have been a different story cuz he's been to those but um I took pictures of you know my dad and Gene and it was just kind of surreal to look at these pictures later you know, there's my dad and Gene Simmons, and they're about the same height. They're they're the same height, so just two people from two separate places who came together for that moment. It's as far as my life's concerned. Um, I wouldn't have had it any other way. And him and Gene actually had a conversation after I left. I wheeled my vault out, and I turn around, and they're still in there together talking. And Gene's eating his macaroni salad, and I think he said something to my dad like. Like, do you know how long mayonnaise can sit out before it goes bad? <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's like, I don't know, what, like an hour? So that was the conversation I heard as I popped my head back in there. And, of course, at that point, Keith is getting ready for the next people to go in. And so, it, it you know, it, it's an experience. And uh, if if you have the money and, and you can do it, um, it's something that you won't re- regret because – it's something that you'll always remember and you have this huge memento um, that you'll be pleased to have to lug around for the rest of your life. And that's one more thing I will say. Gene makes each one of these things so specific and so unique to each person. And I feel like that not only is a way to make it unique to you, but also a way to say it'll be hard to sell this on eBay <laughs> later on because your name's on it you know it'll, it'll it'll attach it more to each individual person so they won't feel maybe as uh as in as entitled to throw it up on eBay or try to sell it because it has your name and it, you know you have the experience attached to it so he probably has that in mind too i hope
0: so well mm-hmm. th- there we are and you know 3 weeks after i did my vault uh nigel has participated in the the fourth vault experience because obviously there were two in detroit so thank you very much for taking your time to you know nice to get together just to have a chat as well because uh you know it's been a while since we saw each other in san francisco but that that's really nice to see that the vault continues to evolve and for everyone who comes after you know i'll catch up with some of those folk down the road so that we can share their experiences with everyone else as well but for now from nigel and myself thank you for joining us on the Kiss kissfq podcast and we shall see you next time